0: Buddy. what's up it's october 2nd and we're getting real into the halloween spirit
1: oh hell yes we have our fall candles and our pajamas and our spooky i just bought some um skeleton hands from amazon <gasps> these plastic oh skeleton God. hands to put on charcuterie boards to be really on theme that is amazing i love it i can't wait to For- see it yeah, all the charcuterie I plan to eat <laughs>
0: this oh, month. So amazing. This is a, an encounters episode. This is an encounters
1: episode, and it is sponsored by Function of Beauty.
0: And we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne, and I'm Sabrina. Hey. Yep. Before we get into the stories, we need to say thank you to our Patreon donors for the month of September. So, thank you to our Papa of the BEKs, Connor, and our good luck black cat, Sarah. Okay, I wanted to start with a story based on because it's the first episode that's coming out in October. I have a story from a listener that's called My Halloween Tradition, Ooh, which is something that we want to ask all of you if you've Halloween traditions or anything spooky that you like to do in this month or time of year. Please send them to us because they're fun. Okay, so this is from Kenzie and she says, hi, sweetie, ladies. I just wanted to send you a short message to see if my family tradition is normal or not. Every year on Halloween, my family, like most, carved pumpkins. But I think we're a little different. My mom started this tradition when I was little. So every year at the beginning of the Halloween night, right before dusk, lighting the pumpkins, my mom would make me go outside with her and ask each pumpkin to be sweet and give us light and to guide our way home. And give us protection through the night. Later on, when we blew out the pumpkins, whether it be just because it's 11 o'clock at night or because we just got back home from trick-or-treating... Don't worry, my stepdad stayed home to watch the pumpkins and make sure they didn't start a fire or anything and hand out candy and dress as a troll. Face palm, parents (laughs) are so embarrassing. Uh, We would go outside at the end of the night and open up the first pumpkin and blow out the candle and then we relit the candle from the first pumpkin with the second pumpkin's candle and then blew out the second. We did the same with the third one and my mom made it clear that the candle was to always stay lit throughout the entire process and the time between the candle going out and being relit should be very small. Then, when all the pumpkins were out, we would take the little tea candles and slowly walk inside the house with it, and then my mom, and now me because I'm an adult, would walk up to the apple cinnamon candle that was unlit in our living room and light that one with the flame of our pumpkins. My mom said it was to bring in the protection from the jack-o'-lanterns that stood watch outside our home all night protecting it from evil spirits. I don't know where my mom got this idea because my dad's side doesn't do it, and no one else on my mom's side does either. It is rumored that my nana, who is my mom's mom, is a witch. She never said yes when I asked her. She just smiled and said, I'll tell you later, angel baby. Anywho, much love on this Halloween. From East Tennessee, lots of love, light, and good energy, Kenzie.
1: I love that tradition, and I want to make it our tradition as well. We should. To just set positive intentions. And Good vibrations.
0: Yeah, the protection. I mean- Halloween is, it's like All Saints Eve, basically. It's the night where our realm is closest to the paranormal realm. So there's inevitably going to be some negative energy or some, like, fearful energy. So to have this, like, ritual where you practice protection and have protection for your home is kind of beautiful.
1: Yes. And maybe I'm making this up, but I I thought that part of the origins of jack-o'-lanterns were that they were meant to scare away evil. Oh. So they they were
0: a bit protective yeah
1: even from day one watching over everyone
0: and it's also i think like the idea of lights and having it's supposed to guide your family home so it's like only like the good and positive spirits can come
1: that's what halloween brings you baby Mm -hmm. just good clean fun yes hopefully should you uh choose to behave in a good clean fun way, then that's probably what you'll get out of it. Yes. This. Yes. Okay. I have a story from Shar. It's called The Blue Ribbon Women, A Little Girl and an Old Farmhouse. Hey girls, I discovered your podcast last week and I love it. I've been binging all the episodes to keep me entertained and I feel awkward writing into you right now, but I thought I'd share some of my experiences.
0: Yay. Never
1: feel awkward. No, don't. Tell us everything. About eight years ago, I was in Seattle with my family for a wedding and the hotel we were staying at was a little creepy. I woke up in the middle of the night once and I saw a blue woman. Well, at least I think it was a blue woman. And I'll try my best to explain what it looked like. It was like neon blue ribbons that were moving around in the shape of a womanly figure. She was moving towards me in a sensual dancing way. Hmm. And I could tell that whatever it was knew that I was looking at it, but I didn't get any bad vibes from it. I was actually kind of intrigued, but I was a little freaked out once she started to move closer. So I closed my eyes and I went back to sleep. I woke up again later that night, and I saw a little girl sitting on top of my mom. Oh, I could see her very clearly. She was wearing a cute doll-like dress and had a bow in her hair. She was playing with my mom's arms, and I specifically remember seeing her actually picking up my mom's arms. Looking back, I tried to make sense of what I saw, but I wasn't actually scared like I thought it would be if I ever saw a ghost. It was my first and only paranormal experience where I actually saw something. I've tried looking into Blue Ribbon looking figures online, but I haven't come up with anything. So maybe you guys have heard of something like this before? I'll also share a little story my aunt told me with one of her experiences that I thought was really cool, even though I don't remember the story that well. My family has a farmhouse in Rye, New Hampshire. Dream goals. (laughs) I look at property in Rye weekly. Uh... That has been in my family for many generations. An old, silly ghost story of the house is that one of the neighbors used to think the house was haunted. He claimed that he would hear noises coming from it at night. However, it was later debunked that it was just the horse kicking the stable at night. Or was it? Mm. <laughs> I haven't heard of any other ghost stories except for my aunt's. She was visiting the house once, and one night she felt like she was being pushed to sleep. Oh, that's scary. She then saw a woman holding a baby and a man wearing old time clothing. She automatically knew who they were. I forget who exactly they were in relation to me, but they were family who lived in the farmhouse and who had lost a child as a baby. Oh no. In the morning when she woke up, she found an old antique bead lying on the floor of the bedroom. She later went into another room of the house and found the same type of bead. Oddly enough, this old family member used to bead jewelry. When my grandma goes up to stay at the house every summer, the first thing she does is yell, "If there's anyone in here, you leave me alone, and I'll leave you alone." <laughs> I feel like she might have some stories, but she's just never shared them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have it. some more spookier stories from my old college apartment, but I don't want to keep rambling on and write like a ten-page paper in one email, so I'll email you all again very soon with them. Love,
0: Shar. Um, I need to know what hotel you stayed at in Seattle because, oh my gosh, yes, I'm imagining that scene in Cinderella where the birds and all like the animals are putting together Cinderella's dress, and it's like, <gasps> yes,
1: oh my gosh, waving, and it's a lovely way of thinking of it. i I was curious if the ribbon figure was somehow related to the little girl who was wearing a ribbon in her hair. Yeah, if I don't those know. two spirits are somehow connected or if maybe. Realizing that the spirit showing itself as a ribboned figure was maybe too much to handle. So then rechanged or like shifted into another huh. form, which was a little girl who would probably be easier to relate to
0: for sure and less scary. Right, but does that mean it's not actually a little girl then? And like, why is it sitting on her mom? That part—I mean, I know she said she didn't have like weird vibes about it, but like seeing a little girl sitting on your mom while you while she's sleeping and That's picking scary. up her arms is like an old terrifying. Hag. Yes, and also yeah, it's I weird don't like because that one bit. If it is the same entity, it's weird that it can like show itself in such drastically different forms. Like the sensual dancing with the ribbon seems like so adult and mature. Whereas a child playing with her mom's arms is very childlike.
1: And lifting and lowering the mother's arms. Like, how
0: did she not wake up? I know. Well, it's kind of almost like it reminds me of, like, a little kid trying to wake up their parent, you know? Yeah, maybe. I
1: don't know. What the It kind of reminds me when I had really bad sleep paralysis one of the last times I was home. I was trying to fight it, and then I ended up just falling back to sleep again. And I told you this, that I felt arms kind of nudge and go underneath me and then start lifting my upper body up like as if someone was hugging me but like also
0: trying to pick me up Uh, so scary that is very scary You know what else is scary is bottles and bottles piling up in your bathroom, each one falsely promising a miracle solution. But guess what? It doesn't have to be that way. Not with Function of Beauty. With Function of Beauty, you get shampoo and conditioner that is completely
1: formulated to you as an individual. So it's based on your hair type, your hair goals, your preferences. You can choose colors, fragrances, or just go dye-free or fragrance-free. Your name is on the bottle. Mm -hmm. It's just super awesome. It's super tailored to you.
0: What I love is that most drugstore brands only address... address one single concern but function of beauty you can choose up to five hair goals to add to your formulation and they use all safe natural ingredients like they never use sulfates parabens phthalates mineral oils or any other harmful ingredients so you know what you're putting in your hair is the best you could be using and it's vegan and cruelty free which is dear to my heart
1: And it has definitely changed my hair. It's just so much softer and shinier. I used to think that I just had like dead hair, even though I rarely use heat tools on
0: it. Mm -hmm. But now
1: I realized it was just... Really, what I was putting on my hair.
0: Yes. So it makes sense. Happy a to
1: have Function of Beauty now.
0: And our listeners can receive 20% off their first custom formula. If you want to claim it, go to functionofbeauty.com forward slash TGOG now and take the quick two minute hair profile quiz to design your 100% unique shampoo and conditioner formulas.
1: Go to Function of Beauty.com forward slash TGOG now to redeem 20% off of your first order at Function of Beauty.com forward slash TGOG. That is Function forward slash TGOG.
0: Woo! <laughs> Uh. Okay. I have another story and it's from someone who went to LMU. Ooh. She says, "Hello from a fellow lioness. This is from C." Okay, ladies, if I had a dollar for every time I yell, same, when I listen to you, I would be a wealthy woman. Everything from my shared cat lady status with Sabrina to my stress-induced psoriasis with Cran to my infinity for ghosts with both of you, and the list goes on and on. While I wish you should have heard me yell, same, when you mentioned that you both attended LMU, ladies, I am a fellow lioness. I graduated class of 2007. I lived in McKay freshman year, Levy sophomore year, and a haunted IF apartment off-campus junior year. Sabrina, you should drive by to see if you get any vibes. It was the summer of 2005. Rihanna's Pond replay echoed through the walls of our beautiful brand new apartment. Adriana, (laughs) Tanya. I'm loving this so much. (laughs) Adriana, Tanya, and I were practically inconsolable with excitement for the year to come. It was our first time living completely independently, a separation from campus life, a kitchen, resort-style pool, intimate gym, our own furniture, adult neighbors, oh, and no dorm monitors. I was especially ecstatic as I had my own bedroom and ensuite bathroom. Tanya was the first to move in, followed by me. My boyfriend at the time, Leo, helped me move all of my cute new apartment stuff in, and Tanya greeted us upon arrival with hugs and smiles. She had already unpacked and set everything up in her room, so she left to meet a friend for lunch. And after a few hours of fiddling with tiny wrenches, I'm looking at you, IKEA furniture, Leo and I decided to make a target run for toiletries and cleaning supplies. I sat on the floor of my bedroom, making a list of everything I needed, when from across the living room, I could see Tanya's open bedroom. I saw a figure... Walk from her bedroom into her ensuite bathroom. And I looked up and I called to her, Tanya, we're going to Target. Do you need anything? And right then, Leo reminded me that she had left hours ago. I told him that she must have come home because I had just seen her. I got up from the floor, walked over to her room, and peeked in. I looked to the left of her bedroom side and no Tanya. I looked to the right of her bathroom side, no Tanya. I called her name again and nothing. She was not there. No one was there. I shrugged it off, assuming I had just seen an afternoon shadow. Eventually, Adriana moved in, Leo drove back to our hometown, and we traded our shot glasses for reading glasses because the school semester had commenced. I couldn't shake the uneasy feeling inside our apartment. I was always on edge when I was alone in there. I hated taking showers. There was something so oppressive about how vulnerable I felt when I was all alone, naked, and had my eyes shut when I rinsed out my hair. My heart would race and my skin would go prickly with every passing second. My eyes were closed to the steamy room that held me in its grip. Sleeping. Let's not forget about sleeping. I dreaded going to bed every night. Adriana and Tanya shared a room, but I was all alone. I would delay going to sleep for as long as I could, and even when I could, I could barely keep my eyes closed. I would force myself to glance around the dark room, examining every dark corner for whatever it was that was there that was making me cower under my covers. Eventually, slumber would come, and I would thankfully submit until the nightmares began many nights i would get caught in double dreaming if you're unfamiliar with this term double dreaming is when you wake up from sleeping but you don't wake up in the real world you wake up in another dream and don't realize it until you wake up from the double dream the double dreams were always the same I would wake up in my bed and know that a dark entity was in my room. Sometimes I would hear it emitting a churning, growling moan. And sometimes I would just feel the terrifying gravity of its presence. I would force myself to throw my arm over to my bedside lamp to turn it on, but it wouldn't turn on. I would struggle to try to force it on, feeling more hopeless and more exposed with every click of the switch that failed. I could feel the thing closing in on me. My breath would quicken. My fight or flight responses tangled. And then suddenly I would wake up. My heart would be pounding. I would be thankful to have come out of the double dream. And I would reach over to my bedside lamp and it would all begin again. When I would finally extricate myself from the nocturnal torture, I would have no other option than to go get out of bed, turn on all the lights, get dressed, and get the hell out of that apartment. Sometimes I would go to the gym and work out until the sun came out. Other times I would just drive down the beach and wait for the sun to relieve the darkness there. I felt crazy. At that point in time, nothing had actually happened to me other than the suspicious shadow in Tanya and Adriana's room, my overwhelming feelings and terrible dreams. I was too embarrassed to talk to anyone about it because I thought I was just being immature and afraid of the dark. Eventually, I started avoiding my bedroom and I started studying as much as I could on the living room couch and even sleeping on the couch. I was comforted knowing that Adriana and Tanya were just on the other side of the wall. This was a fickle solution to my problems, though. From the couch, out of the corner of my eye or just over the brim of my book, I would see a shadow standing or walking in the kitchen, and when I would look up, there would be nothing. I thought I was losing my mind. I thought that the lack of sleep was manipulating my senses. One night, Tanya and I went to dinner. She looked up at me from her drink and said cautiously, "Have have you seen anything in our apartment?" And at first I didn't know what she was talking about, and I was like, "Like what?" And she responded, like a shadow or like a person out of the corner of your eye, (laughs) and i dropped my bread my heart started pounding out of my chest i didn't know if i was relieved or terrified we spent the entire meal railroading each other as we interrupted story after story with yes exactly me too in the kitchen we resolved the few incidents that could be chalked up to the tricks of the eye but what we were seeing was one constant day and night no matter what the lighting conditions were two disappeared when we looked directly at it which real shadows would still be there upon looking at it. And three, the nature of what we were seeing was isolated to our apartment. It was confirmed. We had both seen the shadowy suggestion of a person stalking around our apartment. She admitted to me that she had resorted to taking sleeping pills at night in order to get any rest. And she would see the entity moving from my bedroom into my bathroom, just as I had seen it move from their bedroom into their bathroom. We had both seen it in the kitchen, and she told me that she had seen it in my doorway one night while I was sleeping. Ooh. (gasps) And she said that when she went to look at it, she was met with my door slowly shutting on its own. Eventually, we presented our shared experiences with Adriana, who was always a non-believer when it came to the paranormal. But even she admitted that she had seen the shadow person as well, but told herself to ignore it. She didn't want to believe what she was seeing and became extremely shaken that we had been seeing the exact same thing. Once it was commonly acknowledged that we were dealing with a fourth unwelcome roommate, I started sleeping in Adriana and Tanya's room in an effort to find strength in numbers against it. I was relieved that it was all out in the open. I hoped that we could overcome its presence together. But since it was out in the open, things began to ramp up. The three of us girls, long-time drama-free friends, started to turn on each other. We got on each other's nerves for no reason. We snapped at each other. We stopped communicating. We stopped having fun. We went from being girls who did everything together and lived together previously without incident to behaving as if we were strangers who shared a rent bill. Needless to say, I moved back into my room by myself, and I slowly descended into a frightening depression that had me grappling with personal safety. I even developed severe digestive issues that hadn't plagued me before and haven't manifested since I moved out of that apartment. This is so scary. I know. Adriana fled the apartment to study abroad in Italy second semester, something she had never considered doing, and Tanya quit her day job and we weren't sure what she was doing at night. Since Adriana was out of the country and Tanya was otherwise occupied most evenings, I was left home alone with it in the apartment. I ended up adopting a kitten just to have another heartbeat around eventually i began drinking and taking sleeping pills to try to avoid the petrifying fear of being in its presence i isolated myself from my friends i dropped out of my sorority and i broke up with my boyfriend i cried to my parents every time i spoke to them on the phone begging them to let me come home oh gosh they kept telling me to finish up the year and reevaluate things over the summer i don't think i can properly illustrate how low i was that semester there are times when i felt like the only thing i had to hold on to was my kitten Month after month passed, and I finally found myself in finals week before summer. The last thing on my mind was our shadow. I was stressing out of my mind to try to print a 20-page paper for one of my major's classes. My printer wasn't connecting to my computer, and I didn't have time to take my external to the library and print there. I had to get it done right then and there, and I called the 1-800 helpline for the printer and waited not so patiently, feeling like I was on the precipice of failing the class if my printer didn't get on board with my schedule. I paced my bedroom, trying to calm myself down, muttering expletives under my breath about how much I hate computers. I perched inside my bedroom door jam, arms crossed, fuming. I glanced across the living room as I waited on perpetual hold and bam, there it was. It was walking from Tanya's bedroom into her bathroom, the exact same path it walked the first day I moved in. I dropped the phone. I ran out the door without locking it behind me and completely forgot about my paper deadline. I sprinted as fast as I could to the leasing office and demanded to speak to our leasing agent. I trembled my way into her office and blurted, What happened in our apartment? And the agent just looked at me as if I had lost my damn mind. I frantically stammered out truncated pieces of our experiences living in that apartment and accusedly demanded, who died in there? stunned but with compassion the agent told me that no one had died in our apartment she did not dismiss what had been happening during our tenure but she explained that the apartment complex had only been built two years before we had moved in and she personally knew the tenant who resided in our unit before us he was alive and well and a perfectly normal guy who never mentioned anything about a ghost while he was living there i asked what had been on the land before it was developed and she just had a drive-in movie theater confused and deflated and pissed off, I flopped my hands on my thighs and rhetorically asked, what now? And she told me to go to the grocery store around the corner and pick up holy candles, the tall jars with candles of the virgin mother and saints on them. She told me to keep them burning in every room while I was home. I don't remember what I did about my printer, but I do remember that I promptly made an appointment with Dr. Gills from the psychology department. She's no joke. One semester when I was the student in her class, she was called to africa on business and when she got back weeks later she explained that she was a sort of shaman and participated in a spiritual healing that's so cool so cool i thought perhaps she could help our situation i sat in her office and explained what had been happening and i was desperate for her aid she did not flinch at my description of it she wasn't surprised or shocked and when i told her about how it had manipulated each one of us into different kinds of isolation and led us down diverging paths she told me it sounded like activity from a certain type of entity, which I can't remember the name of all these years later. She said we needed to keep candles burning and keep open containers of water all over the apartment. She told me to make sure I poured out the water every night and every morning, replacing it with new water. This was supposed to absorb the bad energy from the entity, stripping it bit by bit. She told me to stop drinking out of open containers while I was practicing this. Finals week ended, Tanya and I burned candles and replenished containers of water throughout the apartment at nauseam, and we parted ways. I moved to a beautiful apartment with another friend in Manhattan Beach, and Adriana joined us when she returned from her semester abroad. I have no idea where Tanya went after that, and to this day, I have never experienced the things that I did when I was in that apartment, neither externally nor internally. I will say, though, that I am absolutely unable to sleep in the dark alone. If my husband is away from work, I sleep the entire night with the bedroom light on, otherwise I work myself up and start to feel the oppressive weight of that fear that darkness imposes." Well, ladies, that's all for now. I have a couple more stories about Civil War nurse in the house I grew up in and experience in Savannah, Georgia. And, oh, also, can you do an organ recipient episode? You know, when someone receives an organ from someone who has passed away and all of a sudden they start to exhibit elements of their personality or develop taste for things like the deceased person preferred. Anyway, thought it'd be a great one. Stay spooky, lionesses, and I'll see you on the other side. See. That is absolutely horrifying. Yeah.
1: (laughs) To have something (laughs) drive a wedge through all of you yeah you know they get it it seems in the beginning it was like they all felt isolated in their experiences but then when they came to realize what was going on you would think that that would have been more of a bonding experience but still it drove everyone away from each other it created this fear and lived off of their fear of it and being alone and just starting to resent each other
0: because of it i know So, so awful. I wish that she was able to talk to that teacher earlier, you know, or like the leasing agent or just someone, because it took so long for them to even like address the fact that this was all happening. It was real. But I, I just wish they had been able to find a solution earlier, but I'm glad it's gone now. The
1: whole time I was picturing too, as someone who's lived in many apartments, I've had many leasing agents and it makes me wonder, like I'm trying to picture all of their faces if (laughs) I were to come in come in hot with all of these stories and asking for answers, how scared they would probably be. They would be very scared. To think that you're... That, that's their place of work. Yes. <laughs> like, to learn that your work, which is someone else's home, is having these, like, terrifying, ghostly figures walking around and tormenting everyone and intimidating everyone. Yeah. I don't and know luckily, how they would even handle that.
0: And luckily, the leasing agent seemed very like able to deal with it and believed her so she was helpful but like what if you have a leasing agent who doesn't believe in any of that and thinks you're crazy and then evicts you because you're like they think you lost your mind then you sue them
1: we're in sue happy america baby
0: that's very true all right what do you have okay
1: this is from liz it's titled sometimes ghosts aren't dead what Hi, Corinne and Sabrina. I've had a couple experiences where I've sensed people who are alive. Maybe they're astral projecting. What? Love to hear your thoughts. My grandma used to live with my family, and she would go through the daily newspaper that sat at the end of the kitchen counter. I must have been about 10 years old when I was hanging out on the couch in the den next to the kitchen. I'm not sure if I heard her, but it looked behind me, and I saw my grandma rifling through the paper. I got up and started walking towards her, telling her that that was yesterday's paper, and right when I was just a few feet away from her, she disappeared. Oh my gosh. I had seen my grandma in full detail and walked 10 feet while still staring at her, and apparently she hadn't been there at all. I have no clue what I had actually saw. Maybe I was partly asleep, but you'd think that the time I spent walking towards her, I was fully awake. Yeah. My grandma passed away almost a decade ago, and I've sensed her on a few occasions, such as during Christmas Eve service, or when visiting my mom. She was a fierce, dynamic woman, and I wonder if she had any abilities we didn't know about. The second instance is from when I was a freshman in college. My roommate was homesick much of the time, and her parents had a hard time being away from her too. One day, I felt a presence manifest in the room to my right and behind my roommate. The female entity could see me looking at her and sensing her, and she approached me. She said her name was Mary, and she wanted to know if my roommate was okay. The conversation felt like her thoughts were flowing into my mind, and she could hear me answer even though I didn't say anything out loud. I said my roommate was doing fine and that she didn't need to worry. I said goodbye to the entity, and I tried to subtly ask my roommate what her parents' names were. I told her... That it was help to get name ideas for a story I was writing. (laughs) Ha ha. My roommate informed me, because I had no idea beforehand, that her mother's name was Mary. I believed her mom was paying her a visit very intensely and managed to actual project into our room to check on her daughter. Oh. The third and most recent incident and trigger warning for sexual assault and abuse was much more disturbing and terrifying. It started with what I thought was a love story. I'd been asexual for most of my life, but sexuality can shift over time and still be valid. I'd almost given up on dating because I simply wasn't attracted to anyone and only wanted to be friends. In the fall of 2017, I gave it another try. At 24 years old, I met Jesse and was almost instantly infatuated with him. He was charming, a little shy, handsome, and the attraction I felt for him completely took me over. I didn't realize how controlling he was and that he didn't truly care about me, and I didn't realize until after he dumped me seven months later that he'd been sexually assaulting and emotionally abusing me the whole time. Oh my gosh. The intensity of that chemistry completely blinded me to the mundane evil too many of us have experienced. Jesse himself may have not been supernatural, but I believe there was something attached to him. I had an interesting encounter with a ghost in his apartment maybe the second or third time that I was there. I was alone in Jesse's room and sitting on his bed. I sensed a young boy crawl up onto the bed and look at me right in the eyes. Oh my gosh. His boldness and curiosity gave me the impression that he often checked out the new people in the apartment building and he was a bit nosy. There was also something that I could barely sense at the time, but looking back now, I can recognize it for what it was. He was checking out who the next victim was. Oh! The boy never reappeared. Oh, I have chills. The boy never reappeared, but I can't help but wonder if something was scaring him off. Post-breakup, I'd moved out of my mom's house, which was blessed by a priest, and into a townhouse with my best friend K and her best friend S. My best friend is... A Norse pagan who worships Loki, and she's had her fair share of paranormal experiences. Sometimes Loki likes to visit her altar, and boy, does that intimidate me. Oh my gosh. Once, when no one was home, I could hear two loud knocks coming from Kay's room, and I just knew it was Loki fucking with Mm -hmm. me. I never sent spirits in my mom's house, but I've gotten used to this occurring in my house with us two paranormal-sensitive witches in the house. When I sense something, it almost always is just a nosy spirit passing through or a Loki. This wasn't the case on the night that I sensed Jesse in the house. It was December 3rd, 2018. I was not looking forward to Christmas and I had been getting too many flashbacks of what had happened right before the holiday the previous year. PTSD causes you to be haunted in its own way, you know? Mm. But this evening, I had an okay day and was about to go to bed. I heard someone putting dishes away in the kitchen downstairs, and I figured it was my roommate S. I figured I should join him for a minute and drop off my dishes and say goodnight. When I passed by S's bedroom door, I saw it was closed and the light was off, so he was actually asleep. Kay was sleeping over at her boyfriend's house. So who was downstairs? Mm. I peeked downstairs and I got an intense feeling of foreboding because I could still sense someone there. I slowly stepped down the stairs and before i could even turn the lights on i could feel an entity in the kitchen that was glaring at me walking into the kitchen felt like i was walking through molasses i've had just a couple of other instances of that sensation and i take it as a sign that i'm definitely sensing a real entity not a residual energy and that it's strong potentially malevolent entity i could feel the presence on my right and it was pressing into my arms and legs and all over my body. It reminded me of how it felt being with Jesse when he oh. was in, the, in a dark mood and touching me. As I turned to face it, I knew for certain that this thing had Jesse's energy. It was Jesse. I'm an empath, and I spent enough time with him to know exactly what his energy signature was. It was something that I had sensed most when he was in a dark mood and hurting me, and it was in my house and getting closer and closer to me now was terrified and i went back to my room as quickly as i could the dark presence didn't follow me there i'd initially thought jesse was astral projecting i now think that it may have been some sort of dark spirit that was feeding off of his terrible behavior i don't believe it caused my ex's behavior but just enjoyed being present for it Mm. and maybe it missed the pain it caused me and wanted to scare me just one more time The next evening, I sensed one of my best friend's spirit guides guarding the front door. It was large, tall, and solemn. Ooh, I have chills again. I could sense it turn ever so slightly to give me a nod of acknowledgement before going back to face the front door. I'm grateful that my bestie has such powerful guardians, and I've felt far less activity in the house this past year. Without realizing it, my best friend has been protecting me from whatever that awful thing was. It may sound corny, but friendship and love really are more powerful than anything else. I truly believe that. I've included some cute pictures to balance out the content of this email. That is me, my wonderful boyfriend, who I want to marry someday, and our adorable Shiba Inu. Thank you for reading this incredibly long email, and thank you for giving me an outlet to share, Liz. Wait, their dog is so cute. Yes, adorable. I love Shiba Inus.
0: Wow, Liz. I love all dogs i jesse sucks jesse's a total
1: but you know what is something that i i liked that she said which i feel like oftentimes and i'm guilty of this when talking about stories where someone acts so horribly we're quick to be like oh they were possessed by a demon they were influenced by something dark Mm -hmm. but i like that she gave ownership jesse has to own what he did yes and the other spirit the entity was just along for the ride was not the influencing factor, but just their picking up on the terrible things that Jesse intentionally and consciously chose to
0: do himself. Right.
1: Those were his actions
0: and his choices. And then the entities are just feeding off of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But oh
1: my God, it makes me want to cry thinking about the guardians i know brought in by her her own friend just like they're protecting her waiting at the door like that thing that came in is not fucking coming into this house again
0: no it's so amazing
1: and she also put it in a really nice way because i myself see spirits in in a variety of different forms Mm -hmm. and the way i totally understand what she's saying where she says i see or i sent or like not not that she sees, but she sensed something and can describe what it looks like, what they're doing. But like your actual naked eye isn't seeing anything. Right. It's just the whole feeling and energy and message is being put into your head. So yeah. you see without seeing, which is it's so third weird. Eye. And I always thought that, yeah, that it was a strange thing because sometimes I've seen them with my naked eye. Sometimes it's, it's more of what Liz has described. Yeah. So I'm glad to hear that other people mm-hmm. also experience the same.
0: And I do love her first story of her her friend's mom.
1: Yeah. And even her own grandma. Her roommate's mom. It makes me wonder if, because her friend's mom, her roommate, college roommate's mom, approached her and spoke to her, which made me think that maybe her mom was asleep at the time. Mm-hmm. Or like- It's like a dream. or something and thought that it was a dream that was like, oh, let so me go ask cool. the roommate.
0: It probably was. To her, she thinks she had like a very real dream. Yeah. Because
1: can you really astral, I mean, I don't know enough about astral projecting, but can you consciously from a waking state say, all right, now I'm going to astral project and kind of just like go into yourself? You can. But you have to kind of prep yourself and then fall into a sleep to then move into that state.
0: You can. It's like a, I mean, according to people, but like it's a very hard thing to do and it's a thing that you need to like hone in and practice, but I don't think it's easy.
1: I heard that it was simpler to astral project when nude. Interesting. Though I don't know what your astral body will appear as. Yeah, do you show up naked? Maybe you too will be nude. Hey, well, some people, it's not a problem. Just, yeah, no restrictions, no distractions on your body.
0: Well, well, if you've astral projected or if you know how to do it, um, please tell us. hala
1: we are looking for some answers over here.
0: Yeah, we are. We're wondering the big questions of the world. Um, and if you have any ghost stories, just email them to us at at gmail.com. Uh Thank you all for listening. We love you all.
1: We really do love everyone so much. And it's almost Halloween, so it's just the best time of year. Just the best time. Uh, you can support us in a variety of ways, merchandise, Patreon, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, join our Facebook group, Um, rate and review on iTunes tell
0: everybody about us and you can support us by supporting our sponsor which today was Function of Beauty and if you want 20% off your first custom formula go to functionofbeauty.com forward slash T-G-O-G and we
1: will see you you on the other other side. side very smooth